Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome in, welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It is Tuesday, July the 21st. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we have got some football stuff to discuss today. Ben jumps in on Twitch already. He said, good afternoon. I see some people have been waiting for us to go live here. So I have had internet issues all day long. So I apologize to everybody that has been waiting. And if something goes crazy, we can blame it on Comcast because they uh, they came out and fixed some stuff and told me that I am good to go. And if I'm not, well, I'm going to be fired up. So, and I might be fired up today anyway because we're going to discuss some uh, some crazy stuff with football. And, uh, and then I'm going to be a little happy because we're going to talk about some uh, really respected women in the field of sports. So we'll discuss all of that momentarily. Of course, before we begin, winningcureseverything.com is the website. Make sure you go check it out. All of our picks, previews, podcasts, videos, and social media platforms. If you're watching the show live, you are on Periscope, Twitch, Facebook, or YouTube. You can subscribe or like or whatever you want to at any of those just to make sure that you get notified for the show every day. Monday through Friday, we are right here. If you would like to jump in on the show and give your opinion, the chat box is in the bottom left-hand corner. Whatever platform you are on, it will populate right there. So Periscope, Twitch, Facebook, or YouTube, any of those comment sections will all jump into that same spot right there, just like Ben has already done where he said good afternoon. And I will say good afternoon to all of you as well. Before we start anything, Chris, did you see that the University of Texas is planning to have 50% capacity at college football games this year? Uh, I didn't, and uh, I'm excited. That gives me hope. It it gives me hope as well. Um, I'm wondering exactly how how feasible that will be. I know that they've got a a 100,000 plus seat stadium, and I mean that'll mean 50,000 people. So I mean if they can get 50,000 people into a game, let's go. I'm in. But I, I'm I'm a little suspicious of it. It sounds great. I'm wondering if they're just trying to sell a bunch of tickets. I don't know exactly what they're trying to do, but. We'll figure it out one way or another. Either way, we're happy. We like to hear positive news. We like to have wishful thinking on this show. With that said, let's go ahead and fire this thing off. The ACC. Now, this happened. <laughs> ben jumps in immediately. He said, Rutgers is letting in 0%. Really going to miss those fans. Yeah. Yeah, Syracuse as well. New York did say that. We weren't going to talk about the negatives. Uh, Syracuse will not be able to have fans. Uh, no other teams in New York, New Jersey, whatever, will be able to have fans. So, definitely not good. But, either way, the positive news, the ACC, of course, talking about having a season. We saw the Big Ten and the Pac-12 go to conference only. The SEC, ACC, and Big 12 likely, I think, to go conference only. But, obviously, they're waiting until the beginning of August, which is just a couple of weeks away to uh, to decide that. But one of the scheduling options 
that the ACC has put forward. And it's leaked out. They've got a bunch of different options. But one of them that is incredibly interesting, at least to us, is the idea of bringing in Notre Dame and having a pod system to where you only, it's five teams each. So there's 14 teams currently in the ACC. You add in Notre Dame, that's 15. You do three pods of five teams, and you only play those teams. So it would be an eight-game schedule, home and away for each team. Now, Chris, before I let you begin, because I know you're raring to go, let me read off the pods here. The first one would be Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Georgia Tech, and Virginia Tech. The second would be Notre Dame. That's a loaded pod, considering that conference is pretty weak outside of Clemson. And it and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, that is every other good team outside of bringing in Notre Dame. So uh, the the other side of this is no, they would no disperse. Well, yeah, I guess that's that's disrespect to the rest of those teams. But yeah, that, that's completely disrespectful. The, the other side of this is that they are doing this in hopes of having a ninth game be against whoever their SEC or whatever rival would be, right? So they would have one non-conference game. non-con game. Yes. So with that one, Clemson, FSU, Miami, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech. Pod B would be Notre Dame, Louisville, Syracuse, Pittsburgh, Boston College. Pod C would be North Carolina, NC State, Wake Forest, Duke, and Virginia. Now, I understand the North Carolina pod. Right, and Utah's in Virginia. They are the closest to those schools. However, with the other pod, with Clemson having Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Miami, and Florida State in it, what? How do you not have Virginia Tech and Virginia in the same pod? I don't know. I mean, it, I don't under. I don't understand. I think these people come up with good ideas, and then they just they they fall so short of executing them well. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't, I don't know the reason behind the pods. Just say if we're gonna play only conference games, do what we talked about earlier, which what we kind of assumed that the Big Ten's gonna do, but maybe they don't. Which is make make a four week schedule, and then every two weeks kick it out two more weeks and just figure it out. But when you lock yourself into these five teams are only gonna play one another, what happens if one of them goes down for two weeks with the Rona? Now you've affected another team in that pod when they could just say, okay, yeah. that team is down. Let's bring in this other team. They got two weeks of a bye week, and then we'll get them back in the mix later. Like, you've handcuffed yourself by doing this. It, it's really you've made strange. this thing that's already complicated more complicated f- because of your own foolery. Oh, before we go further, it, I haven't explained on the show because Chris and I were, were debating this a little bit before we went live. Uh, this – this whole thing is basically to limit the travel and limit the amount of interactions between people. Now, to me, it doesn't make sense to play the same team twice because there will be so much time in between that that other person could possibly get the coronavirus or whatever. Right. What difference would it make who it is on the other side? Like, it, it, to me, it doesn't make any difference, right? So the amount of travel... Like, you've talked about the travel. It's so dumb. It is absolutely... We have to stop using travel for college football as an excuse for the big Power 5 schools that make a gazillion dollars. We have to stop using travel as an excuse. There is no different 
from the University of Miami to fly to Seattle and play the University of Washington than it is from Alabama to get on a bus and drive to Auburn. There's zero difference in that. They are going to be on a charter plane that is going to go from point A to point B. They're going to go to a hotel that they book up the whole thing. They're the only people in it. And then they're going to take a chartered bus that they're the only people in it and go to the stadium. That's it. There is, there is no difference whatsoever if Ole Miss were to come up and play Memphis, which is 35, 45 minutes away, all right, down the road. No difference in the travel for both of those outside of that plane ride is just a longer bus ride. That's it. We have yeah. to stop using that as an excuse. So you're going you're gonna to fat load one division with four of the best teams in the conference and then you're going to have another division with four of the worst, five of the worst teams in the conference, strictly because they're all close to one another. Listen, that's that's something that that the Sun Belt Conference needs to be doing. Okay, that's something that these little G five schools need to be thinking about. That is not something that the ACC needs to be worried about. I assure you, there's enough money for Boston College to fly to Miami. That can happen. They can make that plane ride happen without a massive expense. Okay. Yeah. You still get Virginia Tech and Virginia playing one another. You make that happen. I don't. I just don't get the. Once again, they're taking an already complicated situation by dealing with the Rona, and making it more complicated just because that's what college. That's what college officials do. That's what this administration does. I, they just. They're just morons. I have no idea how these people got the jobs that they got. I don't understand what they're good at outside of raising money. That's That seems to be all these athletic directors are good at at all. All these school presidents are good at is just raising money because they don't know how to problem solve. They don't know how to troubleshoot. They create, they're solving the wrong problems, which is travel. That's not a problem that you have, by the way. But they're really going to solve that problem, not a problem, outside of solving the health problem and the safety problem. In, in, in the scheduling problem, they, that, those are real problems, but they don't want to solve those. No, yeah. no, no. They don't want to give themselves flexibility and ins and outs to be able to maneuver and manipulate. They, they want to solve all the wrong problems. Yeah, I, just, I agree. I just can't explain how frustrating it is to watch morons work. So I'm in the construction world, okay? I'm in and out of construction. Listen, this is, this is no stereotype, no disbursement to the, to the good people that do that work. But I watch, I sit back and I watch construction projects all day long, okay? And 70% of the people that walk onto these these sites are, are complete morons. And watching them try to figure out very simple problems, a little amusing and a lot of sad. Yes. yes. This is no different except these guys make seven figures and those guys make, make double-digit figures, okay? They make tens of dollars and they make millions of dollars. Yes, Oh, very much so. Matt Miller jumps on YouTube, by the way. Uh, he said, not playing out-of-conference games doesn't make sense at all, even if the travel thing did matter. There are plenty of out-of-conference games that are close, like Florida and FSU, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Now, hold on, hold on. Let me let me tackle this one. Uh, we've already discussed this on the show. I believe it was last Monday's show, uh, where we went through an entire 35-minute ordeal explaining why conference only would would actually work the best for this season. And the reason that is is because every conference is going to have different testing protocols. They're going to have different protocols for whatever they need to get done, right? So there's one 
basic NCAA one, and then there's a different one for each conference. So you can only set it for your conference teams, right? So you, if you're Alabama, you know exactly what Auburn's going to be doing. You know exactly what LSU's going to be doing. You know exactly what Florida, Georgia, whatever is going to be doing. If you are Alabama, you don't know what Clemson's doing. If you're Florida State, you don't know what Florida's doing, and vice versa. So that's why it makes it obviously the ADs talk, and you're going to want to do everything as as best as possible. But if somebody else is cutting corners, you don't want to put your team at risk. And it's not just the cutting corners or the testing. It's the control of the schedule. Yes. What happens if the week of a non-con game, one team gets hit real bad with the virus? A commissioner can make a ruling and figure out to manipulate the schedule. We're trying to get in basically eight to ten games in 15 weeks. Okay? But if you're dealing with two commissioners trying to work out two conference schedules to make up this one meaningless game, it's just not worth it. I don't understand the purpose of doing it, and you're not going to really have fans in the stands, even if you're at half capacity. That's not a road game. That's a, you know, Going into Death Valley with 40,000 people, going into Austin, Texas with 50,000 people isn't a home game no. for anybody. Nobody has a home field advantage doing that. No, not so, at all. So, let's, so let's, let's be reasonable and just – I just want, like I said – and we talked about this last week, you want conference only because that's our best way to get a real full schedule in because those individual conference commissioners can control everything. They just have to not put together some bullshit cockamamie plan that doesn't make sense at all and makes their job even harder. Correct. The games that you need to get in this season are your division games. That's it. And, And for the conferences that don't have divisions, at that point it doesn't really matter. Like, no, yeah, you want to get in forward. your big rivalry games. At some yeah. point in time, we're going to want Oklahoma and Texas to play each other somewhere. Yeah, that, we that, want Oklahoma-Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma-Oklahoma State. That Those games need to happen, and 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 that's that's a big deal. Baylor and TCU need to happen at some point in time, and, and, and that's okay. But, yeah. you know, we can um, figure that out. Let's see. Matt Miller, oh, Joseph Gomez, by the way, going back to your uh, construction stuff, he said, how many people do you need to dig a hole? Six to watch, one to dig. Yeah. Oh, no. And all those people watching are all the people with a degree, and the poor sap digging is some Guatemalan that, that makes eight bucks an hour. Yeah. Uh, Matt Miller said, that's why we need a commissioner, because every conference should have the same protocols. Well, that's kind of difficult because not every conference makes the same amount of money. That's so. The problem. That's that's the biggest problem with this whole thing. You can't, now, you can't tell the Sun Belt, you know, to 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 spend the same amount of money on testing. That I mean, that's a beautiful world that we would live in if they would have that luxury. But the MAC don't have that. They just don't have that luxury. Okay. They don't have that the, kind of money. The and idea of, all those pay for win uh, um, money that they were getting in, you know, from this year, they're losing all that. Yeah the uh, the the idea of socialism is great. It's a utopian world. No, hang on. In but it doesn't work. It actually like, would work. Yes, it would work in, in college sports because it's not real life, okay? It's a it's a sport. The eh, NFL okay. is socialism, okay? Major League Baseball is socialism, all right? One large person over everybody telling everybody what to do and sharing the revenue equally works great in sports. It in absolutely sports, works. Yes. Okay. But okay. and there's a there's a way to there's absolutely a way to do it, especially if you continue to not pay the players. You've got enough money to go around for everybody. Yes. Um, like I said, if every power five team just threw two million bucks into a hat every year 
and that $2 million from every team went to divide it equally between all the G5 schools, then, then bam, you've fixed the problem and they no longer have to play them ever again. Yeah, that'd be nice. That would be nice. I fixed it. Boom. Mark Emmert. There you go. Free (laughs) idea for you right there. Problem solved. Problem solved. I like it. I like it. Um, Matt Miller said, uh, I'm just talking power five or power six. I could care less about Akron. So, and then he said the American is sixth. Yeah. Uh, Mike Camp, and that's how it works with the money as well. So, yeah, but they don't, know. but I mean, there's just no reason for the ACC and the SEC to play this year unless you get all 10 of your games in and you realize that this virus hasn't beat up these schools that badly and everything seems to be going fine. And you get into week 11 and week 12 and you say, we got nothing else to do before the end of the season. You guys want to play? And then you figure it out. Then you get with the commissioner, you work a deal, and you put a game up. I'm sure ESPN would love the inventory. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's, um, just, it's not hard to do these things on the back end. You don't have to have it all planned out on the front end. Uh, Mike Campion said the problem will also be the local restrictions. Uh, and I want to get to something that he said earlier as well, which he's right about local restrictions, by the way, uh, because, I mean, the different states have got worse situations than others. So it's just going to be up to what's going on in those states. Like, you may be able to have Kentucky-Louisville and not have Clemson-South Carolina. It just depends on what's going on, right? So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Mike also said, uh, now there's going to be a major debate for who gets in the playoffs. I will go ahead and admit, on this show, I don't care if no. we have a playoff or not. I just want a season one way or another. Now, a playoff would be great. I'm I'm being I'm being flexible. I'm willing to give up a lot this year, okay? Yeah. Just to get football in. Give me That's, football, give me lines, give me something right. to bet on and something to watch and I will be fine. Any real games that matter. I don't even care at the outcome who, you know, what the standings are and how you rank. No, Clemson and, and Ohio State are going to moonwalk to undefeated seasons probably. That's fantastic. That's great. Who's number one? Who's number two? I don't know. We'll figure that out later. I'm not worried about it. I just want to have something to do on Saturday mornings when I wake up. My wife is yelling at me to cut the grass. And I got to say, no, I got to watch football. Yeah. Uh, That's Mike, all I want. Matt, uh, let's see. Matt Miller said, the uh, this disproves the BS about changing the schedules because of the scheduling in advance. This season is going to throw that lie out the window. Here's hoping. Oh, if, if Alabama and BYU can get together a, a week one game a month out, it, obviously you can do it other years as well. Right now, oh, you've already got schedule or contracts drawn up, all that kind of mess I, right now. But I've you don't have to do that. that. Four years. LSU is scheduled to play a home and home with somebody a decade from now. Who yeah. the hell is going to be the coach of those teams? What are they going to look like? Are we all going to be? I'm probably not going to be alive in ten years. Yeah, I mean, it, well, I doubt that. You better hey, be man. around. Winning cures everything is going to be celebrating fifteen years. So that's, that's uh, good. Mike Campion said, unfortunately, <laughs> he said, unfortunately, I'm not hopeful for college football because a lot of people don't care about sports. Here is what the people that are in charge of that do care about, though, and that is money. And if you don't play college football, you don't have money. You have to cut a lot of different things that that college football money goes to support. And that includes different academic situations, different academic institutions inside of your college. A lot of those things get their trickle down from college football. So when these presidents don't really give a rip one way or the other, whether they're sports on TV or not, they do care about that green. 
That changes I, things. You you brought up something. I want to. This is a tangent. It might affect how long the show goes. I apologize, but I want to tell me what you think of this solution. Listening to my favorite sports podcast to listen to outside of ours is is the the Yahoo College Sports podcast. Dan Wetzel, Pat Forty, Pete Thamel. I worst about the feet of Dan Wetzel. I yeah. love that man. There's never been a writer outside of Tony Kornheiser that's meant more to me in my life. Um, this guy was talking about. He brought up the conversation of Title IX, and if you have football, you have to at least legally, because of Title IX, have to have some women's sports. Well, you got a hundred football scholarships, so you need to have a hundred female scholarships thrown thrown out there somewhere for for athletic. Is it possible to still get like to say this year because of financials we're not going to play women's volleyball and women's soccer? Women, but we're still going to provide the scholarship to the people that have it. So you still give out the hundred female scholarships. So we're legally okay. And they're give you got it strictly for sports. It's only for women that are currently there that played last year that have their scholarship in hand. But as long as the scholarships equal each other and it's for athletics and not academics, that's, that's got to pass the law, right? Without saying, we don't have the money to play your sport this year, but you still get the year of education for free on us. I would you imagine because I think that would I think that would suffice the legal problem. I think and so. Yeah, these women still get their year of education, education and if they and, and then I would grant everybody redshirted it to where if they all those women basketball players or whatever whoever you give the scholarships to, if if they want a redshirt and continue playing after that, they're just going to get continued education on the house. I, I think that's It a makes fair, sense to me, but at, at the same time, you're thinking logically, and that's sometimes... That's our problem. The NCAA yeah. just doesn't. Yeah, These some, people sometimes just don't. Why well, and, and on, they on have that, to play the sport to not get... Like, you don't have to say, well, I'm sorry, we couldn't afford to play the sport, but we've got this funny money where you can only use it at the company store. That costs us nothing. Well, here's here's the other side, though. Here's the other side of this is that that Title IX issue is a federal law, and the NCAA doesn't really have anything to do with it, right? That's why I think that's why I think that would suffice the federal law because the federal law says you have to have equal equal scholarships for equal athletics, right? Yeah, I would I would think so. You got a hundred football scholarships, and those are the only people playing this year that we care about because they generate all the money, but they're not going to generate enough to play any of these other sports. So we're not going to cut your scholarships. We're still going to give out a hundred female scholarships. Yeah, I think it'd be fine. I think it'd be fine. Uh, Joseph Gomez jumps in on YouTube, by the way. They have more than a couple months to create a bubble somewhere in the South. By week eight or nine, the Winning Cures Everything Tennis podcast is coming soon. (laughs) I can guarantee you. That will not be what we will be discussing. Uh, Mike Campion said, "Not only states, I'm in Florida, and every county or every county is different." Yeah, yeah, that's. Um, I'm going to tell you that the areas in which these kids are playing, the the state schools, especially, that they're gonna they're gonna be loose enough to allow the other teams to come in because those other teams are going to come in in a, such a restricted bubble way. Yeah, they're gonna come in on their own private plane. They're gonna charter. They're not flying Southwest guys. No, not not in the slightest. Uh, Matt Miller said 
Sports is the most watched thing on TV. Some more people care about sports than anything else on TV. He also said Title IX is socialist BS. Um, I, I'll leave that to the to the comments. Uh, Mike Campion said, without a doubt, it's about money, but also they're going to make sure to keep throwing the college athletes are student athletes. Yes, they are student athletes. And I'll tell you this, it's like 95, 96, 97% of them want to play. Uh, yep. The majority of these conferences have come out and said they have been told if they don't want to play, they get to redshirt. Yeah, they can redshirt and they can keep their scholarship. So they the scholarship, uh, and they get to, they don't lose a year of eligibility. If you don't want to play for any reason, you don't have to say I have a medical condition and I'm afraid. I'm just afraid. Okay, yeah, right. simple Fair enough. enough. Uh, Joseph said, if no one's playing the sport, there is no scholarship per se. So yes, redshirt them. Yeah, I'm not sure I fully understand what you're saying, but. I, I'm I saying give them the damn scholarship even if they're not playing. Yeah. No, that I mean, that makes perfect sense. Because we have to keep up the law, right? Yeah. We have to surpass the 100 here, 100 there rule or whatever the number is. I don't know how many college football scholarships you get. Um, 85. I'll know that. 85. 80, so 85, 85 you got 85 men's scholarships. We're cutting everybody else. We got to find 85 females that are playing right now. You 85 women get to keep your scholarships. Congratulations. Well, you're you're also going to find thirteen basketball scholarships. So, so you're you're probably right. Looking at a hundred, but, th- but hang on, do you think they care about basketball right now? Uh, not right this second, but they will here shortly. I don't know if they will shortly or not, but maybe they will. Oh, I, I think they will. That's that is still for a lot of schools a big money maker. So, yeah, there they there's places that care more about that than they do football. So, well, yeah, because there's a lot of those schools that don't even have football. Exactly. Exactly. Let's uh, let's move on from that. We spent a nice long while on it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's discuss the first female Major League Baseball assistant coach, the San Francisco Giants, uh, got her on first base during an exhibition game on Monday. Alyssa Nakin, the first female coach of a Major League Baseball staff in league history, became the first woman to coach on the field during a Major League game on Monday. Now, it was it was a scrimmage, basically. But she is going to be out there. Um, and we I think we actually talked about this back in January because she was hired January 16th as an assistant coach as part of Gabe Kapler's staff. But now, I mean, she's actually out there. She's doing it. And, I mean, it's kind of awesome. So she was yeah. a four-time academic All-American softball player for Sacramento State, joined the Giants in 2014, is currently responsible for developing, producing, and directing a number of the organization's health and wellness initiatives and events, including coordinating the Giant Race Series. She joined the organization in 2014 as an intern in the baseball ops department where she worked on a variety of special projects related to the amateur draft, international operations, and player development. Um, I mean, she is... You're looking at her accolades. I mean, Her resume is pretty impressive. Yeah. And when I first read this, I was trying to figure out, all right, what assistant hole are they putting her in? And and then when I saw, holy shit, they're putting her on first base. Like that's big. That's that's a real job. Like that's the equivalency of of hiring a female 
coordinator in football. Now, that does not mean that she's going to be first base all season. But, no, but I, I bet she will be. I, I bet, I she, bet she might be. Because so, baseball is not made up. of It's not football, okay? They don't have 100 coaches out there, No, right? absolutely not, yeah. No. I'm, I'm with you. There's like, there's like five of them, okay? But, but she had not been out there before Monday, so I'm, no, you know. That's, 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 that's big news. It so is I'm definitely big news. This. Ben jumps in. He said, Sacramento State, let's go. Of course, Ben out in Sacktown. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yep. it's, a, it's a pretty big deal. We like to see things like this. You and I talk about this all the time, market inefficiencies. If somebody else does not want to hire you for whatever reason, if you are qualified enough, somebody will, and they will somebody be a better will. organization because of it. No. Yeah. And here's the thing. Baseball, this is not football. This is not basketball. This is not hockey. This is not any of these other sports. It is so analytically driven right now. There is a book, okay, that some mathematicians have put together, and all 30 teams go by the exact same playbook. If you have this scenario in this situation with this many balls and strikes, you do this. It is a memorize and 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 remember and execute thing. That's it. Yeah. That's what the sport has become. It's made it a lot more boring, but it's also made it to where you can't say, well, this guy's got 100 years of experience and we're going with it. Nobody goes with gut anymore. There is a, there is a set rule. You have seen three this batter three times, you are pulled. Bring somebody else in. It, it is it is it is so mathematical now. There's zero reason to say a woman can't do this job. Yes, I agree. We are getting to a point to where if you are not, if you're at a certain age, ageism is going to come in here. The old guys are probably going to find their way out if they haven't surrounded themselves with young, real smart math guys. Oh, uh, absolutely agreed. I mean, it's kind of happening in football Terry, as well. My boy, my hero, Terry Francona, is hanging on because Cleveland has just surrounded him with one of the best analytical departments baseball has to offer because that guy is not worried about your batting average and your OPS and all that stuff. He is chawing on some chew and cussing like a sailor. Now, you got that right. Ben said the crowd noise the A's pumped into that game sounded straight out of a horror movie. Yeah, I uh, I went back and watched some of that. I saw a lot of the chatter on uh, on social media. Baseball is going to be weird, but I'm pretty weird. So, but I but I love this sport, and I just I want to get us to a point where we can have some fans in the stands. I just want to I want to go to a ballpark. Yeah, I just no, want, I'd, I'd love want that. to sit in a ballpark. I've I've watched several games, and I'll tell you this: the the no crowd noise doesn't bother me that much. No, it doesn't bother me. It's like, weird, but it doesn't. It's bother a little. Me. It's a little strange, but when you stop thinking about it, it's really not that bad because it's just like a day baseball game. I mean, I, it's. I'll I'll tell you this that that pop of the ball hitting the glove is it. You know, you gotta love nostalgia. it. That that I really actually like hearing a lot. I it's weird to hear it so quiet, but I I really enjoy the sounds of the game. Oh, and the, the crack of the bat. I mean, just everything. It's, it's awesome. Uh, Ben said that noise along with the cardboard cutouts is creepy. Yeah, it's definitely that it is definitely that let's, uh, let's go ahead and talk about some other good news. The first woman lead radio broadcaster NFL's Washington team, uh, whatever their nickname will be, whenever that gets done. Um, they have hired Julie Donaldson, as the first female radio lead, replacing the retired Larry Michael. Um, here's uh, here's the story from Clutch Points. It says, The Washington football franchise wants nothing more than to move on from all of the reported transgressions from last week. 
Less than a week after a report of widespread sexual harassment allegations in the organization triggered an abrupt departure, Washington has hired a new lead voice for its radio broadcast. The team decided to go with Julie Donaldson, making her the first female member of an NFL team's radio broadcast booth. According to NBC Sports Washington, anchor and reporter Julie Donaldson is being hired by the team to lead the crew. She's replacing uh, Larry Michael, who was one of the men named in the report. Um, Before coming to the nation's capital, Donaldson was previously a reporter for SNY based in New York. She began her career in Miami with broadcast giant Fox Sports and has worked as a pregame host for the Miami Heat. She has done uh, a lot of stuff, right? So she worked for the Wizards game day shows. Um, I mean, she's, she's all over the place. And, you know, this is, this is a smart move by... <laughs> uh, ben said, can you just call them the Redskins or the Radskins until they get a name? Uh, yeah, all right. So the Washington Radskins have hired Julie Donaldson as the new play-by-play. And, and this is awesome. This is a smart move by Dan Snyder and that bunch. Uh, it shouldn't have taken you know, all of the allegations from last week. But I, I think you'd be, you know, kidding yourself if you don't think that that had something to do with this. Do you oh, agree with well, that? that had everything to do with it. But I'm okay with it. You know how I feel about the, the people who call the games now. It's not like any of these guys are any good. So many of them are so bad. Yeah. On TV, on radio, it's – it's rough. There's well, a, I'll tell you why. And, and ridiculous it's, that women haven't had more opportunity. Agreed. Because it's not like you're hanging on to Al Michaels, okay? Agreed, agreed. Like, With this situation, like you, you though. somebody's th- nephew's friend in, in all of these spots. Every NFL team, every NBA team, every college team, every, you know, all of these different ones. And the national broadcast, there are so many broadcasting jobs because everybody has their own oh. broadcast network. Or their own what and in CBS and Fox and whatever they have so many different channels that they can put guys on and they've got so many different time slots that CBS and the CBS Sports Network if they've got two you got three four different basketball games that can happen in one day yep. and then you got two time slots on regular CBS and you got three on CBS Sports Network that's five broadcast teams for one day. And then you got to move on to the next one, and you got—I mean, it's just a, a disaster. But it does give a lot of people more opportunities, and the cream always rises to the top. The right. best ones will always find the best jobs. That's just the way it goes. So, well, I don't know about that. The, the reason it's taking this typically. long is is because I think the majority of people that get those jobs are buddies of buddies or family members. Yeah, I think I think because because the owners don't care who's in that job. No, the coaches don't. Nobody who runs the organization actually cares who's calling the game because zero of them are listening to the games on the radio. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, Matt Miller said Washington are really trying to bury that sexual assault stuff with this name change and with this. And then Joseph Gomez said this is a very extended token for the sexism that transpired. Call me when there's a female GM on the Red Tails. Yeah, yeah. I can agree yeah. with that. I mean, I, no. I'll tell you this. I don't think Snyder's going anywhere. We've already discussed that last Friday, but the stuff that went on with the Dallas Mavericks was uh, at obviously none of them are good, but I think the Mavericks stuff was was even worse than this. And Agreed. Cuban survived, and he cleaned up that uh, that organization. Now and, the difference is, is Mark know. Cuban was very absentee in all of that. Shame on him. Yep. As soon as he was in the loop attacked it aggressively. 
oh, aggressively. Absolutely. And Snyder is going to kind of pussyfoot through this thing. Yes. Yes. Now you're right about that. You are right about that. All right, let's close out today's show. We'll finish up with a little more college football. And, of course, more negative news, but we're going to try and turn it positive by uh, by kind of crapping on the NCAA a little bit. So, SI released a uh, an article from Ross Dellinger about six hours ago. It was the, earlier this morning. It says, College football's stringent contact tracing protocol is a massive challenge to the season with high-risk contacts to the virus subject to a mandatory 14-day quarantine is a college football season even possible? It goes through, and they they interview and discuss this with Stephen Goodman, an associate dean and professor of epidemiology at Stanford. Uh, he goes through one of his quotes is, you could be talking about knocking out an entire team with this 14-day quarantine based on high-risk contact, which includes collisions at practice, right? So if you've got a guy that ends up testing positive after the fact, and, and now they're going to test Pretty regularly. The NCAA, by the way, their guideline for this is they're going to test 72 hours before Saturday. So they're going to test on Wednesdays, and then they can have a game on Saturday. Do you know how many different things can happen on Thursday and Friday before a game Saturday to get somebody this? I mean, it's insane. It's it, that, that whole thing is ridiculous. But then this side, they're going to try and be really stringent on by saying that if you are in a high-risk contact with somebody that has been found to have the virus. That's nuts. That's absolutely insane. So I don't know. I mean, obviously, if you test everybody and they don't have it, like, that shouldn't be an issue, but it it doesn't matter if they test negative or not. If you have been in a situation with somebody that has it, you're supposed to quarantine for 14 days. That's absurd. Yeah, the rules and the restrictions are just too much. This is This is... The NCAA didn't want to have anything to do with this. So all the conferences were working on their own plans. And then the NCAA comes in on the back over the top and says, no, now we have a plan. We're like two, three weeks into getting ready to, to, to fire off. I mean, we're a couple of way, a weeks away from, you know, a month away basically from opening week. week I zero. mean, we're, we're a week away from camps opening, but they've already been doing voluntary workouts, et cetera. Yeah, here's, but, here's what a college and now, athletic director and now said. You're gonna, and now you're going to throw a plan in, and not only are you going to throw a plan in, you're going to throw a plan in that's completely asinine and ridiculous? Uh, well, and here. Over the top? This is an anonymous AD. He said, are you telling me a contact is you and I lining up against each other? Are you block or tackle me? And two days later, I come down with the virus, and now you're out too? Uh, he said, then you're not going to be able to finish the season. One SEC assistant coach described the contact tracing portion of the guidelines as overwhelming, and a Pac-12 team doctor calls the issues a massive challenge. And then West Virginia Athletic Director Shane Lyons, uh, while on an NCAA video news conference, posed a chilling question last week, saying, how can we play the game of football with, contract, or with contact tracing and not lose the entire team? Like, that's, that's impossible to do. So, yeah. I, I don't... I don't think this is going to stick. I think they're going to make an amendment to it they have because to. they're they're going to be testing. Like, or it, the Power Five just needs to throw their thumb up in the air at them and say, "Good job, you created something. We've already got a plan. We're going to go forward with our plan. Yeah. We all we're going to only play in our conference any damn way. So we don't need you, and we're going to go forward with our plan. Oh yeah, and you can go pick rocks. What are you going to do if we don't? 
Well, I mean, what what power does the NCAA have over the Power Five anymore? It's not much. Uh, it's not much at all. Uh, so when it does you say stupid. It hurts you if you're Mark Emmert in the NCAA. Yeah. Uh, this this does say COVID nineteen is known to produce delayed infection. Most people get sick five to seven days from the time of contraction. But research has also shown some who do not show signs until day fourteen. Says Amesh Adalja a senior scholar at John Hopkins, and an infectious disease physician who sits on the NCAA's COVID-19 advisory panel. The 14-day quarantine, while consistent with CDC guidelines, is, quote, a conservative approach. Um, it This is this going to be really difficult to do. I will admit that. Um, this ain't happening. No, it's, it, it's just not going to happen. And the reason why they're doing this, the NCAA, of course, worried about liability. They're worried about all that. And obviously, a lot of colleges are as well. Yes, but you gotta you gotta look at the science, look at the numbers, and not just you know one thing here and there, right? It, you can't fit something. They don't do this for other viruses, other things. I mean, there's people that play with the flu all the time. So why is that okay? And the, I mean, and not that I'm saying that anybody with COVID nineteen needs to be playing, but it just doesn't seem to make a lot of logical sense to me. Like maybe I'm crazy. You you agree here? Oh yeah, I just think I just think they're going too far. At some point in time, you're you're just making it to where this thing that's already really hard to do that we're trying to still do, you're making it impossible to do. Um, this is so it says to potentially avoid masses of ineligible players through contact tracing. Coaches plan to split a team into small groups, holding as many as four practices in a day this fall says Todd Berry, executive director of the American College Football Association. Or, sorry, American Football Coaches no, and I, and Association. Anyway, we talked about this the other day with high school sports. There's no reason that, you know, you, you've you got enough coaches and enough facilities for these college complexes to where somebody, some groups in the weight room, some groups in the indoor practice facility over here, some groups on the complete other side over there, some groups outside working out on this, some guys are in the pool, some guys are doing this. Like, there's enough small groups or, or enough facilities for all these Power Five, especially that that you can work in separate groups. The problem is, is all the DBs work together. Yeah, all the quarterbacks work together. So if one quarterback goes down, all of them go down. If one running back goes down, oh, when offensive linemen go down, they will all go down because they're all working together. Yes. So working in small groups is smart, but it's also not going to stop it from taking an entire team down because what do you do if the outbreak happens in the quarterback room and those five guys are all ineligible to play? You're just running the wildcat the entire game? I mean, it it would be something close. I mean, and and look, Kentucky did it last year. I mean, they had three quarterbacks that went out. They ended up, yeah, they got Lynn Bowden. But, but that's, that's an emergency situation. Yeah. You can't predict injuries and stuff like that. We can predict that this thing's probably going to hit at some point in time, some school, and now you're just forcing them to, to go out there. So what do you do with the offensive line? Now you've put everybody in the backfield at, in danger. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, and that's why they're talking about – that's why we were discussing conferences only, right? Conference-only games. If you run into a situation like that – The commissioner that, can say, Alabama, your whole offensive lineman's down this week. You're not playing. Whatever game we had scheduled, this is now a bye week until all those guys get two positive tests, or I guess two negative tests, and then we'll put you back on the schedule. And if yeah. it takes two weeks, it takes two weeks. 
You get a two week buy, and then we figure it out from there. Everybody yeah. else is going to keep playing. Yeah, you got it. You this got is, it. This is not this is not super complex. If you were to just not make a whole year schedule and make it, it's hard for a few people who have to make the schedule. Guess what? You're highly compensated. We expect you to do hard things sometimes. You don't get all that money for just having a pretty face and walking around. Yeah. I mean, you got to come up with something, and it's got to be realistic. It's got to be legit. Oh. So, uh, Ben said, run the underfunded high school system of playing your D-lineman and O-lineman. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's well, a little different. If I'm going to do that and I'm LSU, we're not starting, you know, miles that week. No. Okay. No, I don't you, know who the third playing. string quarterback is, but it's not the young hot shot freshman we brought in. It's some walk on that's looking to to run out that gate and 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 be a tiger for a day. This is a Rudy situation. You want a jersey? You want to play? You get to play this yep. week because Sick nobody on scholarship is touching a football. Hi, yay, yay. All right. That is gonna wrap it up. So you and I have got some stuff that we've got to handle this evening. So let's go ahead and get out of here. Uh, everybody go check out winningcureseverything.com. Of course, all of our picks, previews, podcasts, videos, and social media platforms are over there. Uh, Joseph said, are we going to remember the Titans and play both sides of the ball? Uh, maybe. We'll see. We'll see what goes hey, on. But I, not I would hope power not. five football, we're not. No, I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think so. There's enough walk-ons. There's enough practice squad guys. We'll, we'll get it figured out one way or another. Uh, with that said, go to the website, winningcureseverything.com. Go over to sportsbookreview.com. That is where you will be able to find all of our college football content beginning in August, and we are very, very close to that. So uh, with that said, we're getting out of here. You guys have been fantastic. Thank you for jumping in the chat and helping drive the conversation. We appreciate you guys. Go over and subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts. Leave a nice five-star review. We definitely appreciate that. You guys have been wonderful on that. We keep moving up the rankings. We appreciate your help in doing that. Everybody take care of yourselves. Take care of each other, and we will see you again tomorrow. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. 
As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.